Welcome to the Emergency Traffic Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Emergency Traffic Podcast. Here's a bonus episode that we call the Tailboard Talk. This week, we're going to talk about fire apparatus, form over function. I am Paul, and as usual, we have my host co-hosts here, Doug and Zach. Our one host, Dirk, is still in Germany, checking out everything at, at Innerschutz. So, what's happening, uh, Dirk? And or Dirk? Dirk's not here. Yeah. It's what's happening, Doug? Interesting that we're having this talk when Dirk is in Germany at Interschutz because half the stuff we're going to talk about is all popular over in Europe, and I hate it over here. Well, at least we know where you stand. What do you? Think? Dirk knows. He he's. We've had this conversation off air a thousand times. This time we're just going to record it. Yeah, okay. What else is new, you guys? Zach? Nope, just uh, just wedding planning stuff, you know. Yikes. That's, that's good. Yeah, yikes indeed. Yep. <laughs> don't do it. Stop. Yeah, don't, gonna... Uh, yeah I got to make sure she doesn't hear. Yeah, I got to turn it <laughs> <the speaker. laughs> Yeah. So, no, that, that's been, uh, that's been keeping, keeping me busy here. So. What's, what's new with you, Paul? What's new with me? Um, just writing another day of retirement, eh? That's another day of retirement, yeah. I'm on, no, on break. Today, that's new. Yeah. I, I do work part-time, but it's on summer break right now, so I won't. Nothing till September for classes again, so. Well, well, camping and hanging out, and yeah, it's, it's all right, yeah. I mean, some would argue that you earned your retirement, but. There you go, yeah. I don't know if they're right. Oh, come on now. <laughs> oh. 36 years as a first responder. Both well, that's not what you retired from. You retired from globe trotting around North America convincing <laughs> fire chiefs to spend money. Oh, well, yeah, that was long ago. <laughs> I kind of missed that. That was fun. I guess, I guess you spent some time on the other side as the fire chief spending money, too. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's to do both. Salesmen were always intimidated by me buying stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so this tailboard talk, as I mentioned before, we're going to talk about fire apparatus, so that's perfect, and uh, form over function. Uh, Doug and I have had many discussions and debates over um, how important is the aesthetically pleasing appearance of the apparatus to the community and firefighters and why versus the function. So uh, I've got a list of little topics here that we're sharing we're going to talk about just to get the discussion going. The first one on my list was the uh, little pet peeve of mine lately is municipalities that pay extra money to black out the bumper and the diamond plate. They put like line X or hard coat on it uh, versus uh, painted or typically a chrome bumper and bright diamond plate surfaces. The reason they're chrome or bright diamond plate is they're no maintenance. So why would you spend money to cover that with a blacked out appearance. To me, it's a waste of money and it's actually harder to clean um, when it gets dusty and old looking 10 years down the road. What do you think, you guys? Well, I, first of all, I think it's funny that the ex-salesman thinks it's a waste of money. To do something. <laughs> Wait, oh yeah, you, I want you to. You just upsold blacked out Linex bumpers on every truck you sold and you could have retired 10 years ago. Well, Linex didn't exist, so it was just coming out when I retired. I, I mean, I get your point that there's, but to me, if 
but you're spending a million dollars on a truck or three quarters of a million dollars on a truck. It's probably not that big of more of an expense to, to block out a bumper or, or whatever. And yeah, all the little th- small things add up, but there's, there's also the, the intangible cost of like firefighters liking their truck or, or you think it's a great thing that the Glendale, Arizona fire department is yellow when everybody else is red so that you can see their truck on the news. Well, somebody might want a blocked out truck over a not blocked out truck because they stand out or they're different. Or, I mean, you were on a fire department where it had to be white because we had to be different. And but the, uh, the black, the black serves no purpose. It's just because it looks cool and it's kind of trendy well, these days. Black yeah, rims. No purpose black. in Glendale either. But you think that's a great thing? Well, actually, scientifically, it was proven that yellow oh, is a more go. visible truck no. than red. Back in the seventies, your trucks got hit too, but not as much. That's why they mandate reflective striping because they, <laughs> they wanted to be much, visible. Not as many of them. So for years, every fire department was buying yellow trucks or white trucks. But red is the color that people identify with fire trucks. It's just like Henry Ford said about a Model T. It can be any color you want as long as it's black. Well, a fire truck can be any color you want as long as it's red. Right. Well, speaking from a true Ford guy. We got about five minutes in, guys, and the argument started. Just just so our listeners okay. know. <laughs> so anyway, blacked out bumpers and apron. I mean, used to be painted bumpers all the time. And then because it was extra expense to buy a chrome one, but then you didn't have to repaint it. So the longevity of the chrome is what we use to sell, upsell that feature. The same with uh, cast spoke rims versus the polished aluminum rims in that they, they didn't look beat up 10 years down the road. But to line X it or black it out, why would you paint over chrome? Why would you paint over diamond plate? It doesn't make sense to me. Chrome, in my experience, chrome's been a lot more difficult to upkeep, right? Because chrome, you get the water scale on it and stuff like that. And I, we've had guys go at it with a toothbrush and they're still struggling. Like you see it on, on social media. So somebody's got this newest thing to wash the chrome and make sure there's no scale on it and all this stuff. And if you're not sitting there polishing it every day in a volunteer fire department or even in, in, a, in a full-time department, it's, it's hard to keep the upkeep on it. You can't clean the Linex. Sure, but does the Linex have get scale on it as easy? Is it more visible on it? No, it kind of holds it kind of dust in the bottom all the time. Can't polish and it up. There's the question. Is there is there a, a fix for that out there, right? Is it something you just have to live with? Well, I guess so. Mine. <laughs> To my personal opinion on this topic is like I don't really care if if a fire department or fire chief or committee feels better about their truck because they blocked it out or linexed it. Fill your boots. If you want a chrome bumper, fill your boots. If you want a red bumper, have at it. Like I, that's not something that's gonna make, like some other topics on our list here that really are gonna make it or break it for me. I've seen lots of pictures of of blacked out and chrome and painted and they all look fine to me. So I guess if it's something that'll give you more pride and ownership in your truck or your department, it's not hurting anything. Like why not? Well, it costs money. Everything yeah. costs money. I mean, a chrome bumper costs money too. Tax, taxpayer dollars from a retired fixed income guy, you know? Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next subject. 
chrome wheel nut covers versus uncovered wheel nuts and or those little indicating wheel nuts, the little arrows that go over the wheel nuts, the plastic arrows. Technically, the driver is supposed to inspect the wheel nuts on every pre-trip or every daily inspection to make sure they're not loose or backing off. If you put chrome nut covers on them, you're not visualizing the nut. You can't tell if it's loosened off. And many, many fleets, some fire departments, not as many, are actually using those plastic indicator nuts. I think that fire trucks should have those plastic indicator nuts on them so that the operator knows the wheels are tight versus the nice polished little nuts. Covers. But I don't think that, I mean, I personally don't want those wheel nut indicator things because I think they look stupid. But I, who cares about the look? Me. You know the wheel nuts are tight. Who care about the look? It just looks goofy. It doesn't, it takes three seconds to bend down, take your hand, and see if a lug nut is tight or not. They'll still be too tight for your and, hand, but they could and, be loose. And the, the 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 lug nut indicator can be a little bit off where you're kind of like, ah, it looks tight, I don't know. If it's way loose and it's hanging freely, well then sure. But like, you're going to notice that with your hand too. So I I think the chrome wheel nut cover, if you if you physically inspect it with your hand and your morning check or your whatever your department does, I I think that's good enough. Zach, what do you think? Don't really have much of an opinion. My thing is just whatever works, right? Like at the end of the day, um, that's my opinion on this. I, I my department uses the, the the covers, just the cap covers. And at the end of the day, we just go in and check them. Like you go out of a out of your way. You don't take them off, no. so you're not visualizing. If the yeah. if the lug nut's loose, you turn the cover. The cover's going to turn too. Only if it's really loose. It could be not up to torque, but unloosening. You well, you're, not, you're never taking a torque wrench to it on a daily check. You're no, it with your hand. You're looking to see if it looks like it's moved. That's why you have the indicators. Okay. <laughs> so we should put indicators on the trucks and take okay. off the stainless steel nuts. When you're the chief, put them on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next subject I had here was uh, people that buy an aerial ladder and they paint it a dark color. And the problem with that is the dark color, one, it absorbs the heat. So the aerial is getting warmer, although with a, in a fire, although... With a steel aerial, it's not bad, and you don't paint aluminum aerials anyway. But it's very hard to visualize cracks and or defects, overheated paint, blistered paint, uh, areas that may have been exposed or to any kind of problem because it's dark, black, red, or blue. So I think that they shouldn't be allowed to do that. It should be a light color or not painted. What that look, though. <laughs> The look of a black aerial looks good. The lights stick out really well in the dark. You know, we get that that uh, ladder lighting on it. And but the ladder up. lighting's on the inside. You can't see the aerial at night when you're moving it in the dark. If it's black, you may miss something. Whereas if it's a white aerial, you may be able to see better where the tip of your aerial is. Still indicator lights. You can install indicator lights. I'm sure there's fire companies out there that would love to go put indicator lights all over it and charge us up the butt for it. But 
Um, I just think a black area looks good, especially if your truck's black over red. I get that there's functionality to the white and having a white aerial um, is good for like a, a practical purpose. But if your truck's black over red, or but that's more important. You gotta, you gotta have purpose. you gotta have it on there. The practical you. purpose is more important. I bet you if we went back 50 years and every aerial out there was like natural steel color, and some fire department painted theirs white. Paul would be like, you can't have a white one. You need the natural color one because of this and this and this. And now there's black ones that are lit up and there's spotlights up and down them. And everybody's got six flashlights on their coat. And there's scene lights up there and strobe lights up there. And scenes are lit up better than they've ever been lit up before. You can see what you're doing, but you might not see a crack. Well, if I see a crack on a white painted Aerial, I'm going to think that the paint's cracked, not the aerial. They get inspected yearly, and it, they're inspected by better things than a guy going, oh, there might be a crack here. Like, they're thoroughly inspected. It, it is more difficult to inspect, visually inspect, a, uh, a dark-colored aerial ladder, which the operator should be doing an inspection weekly, a visual, just a visual to see if there's any problem areas. Also, if it's been overheated, exposed to heat from something, again, you can't really see the dark color change, the paint change color. Whereas on a light aerial, you would see a different, a change in color of the paint. So again, it's form over function. It looks cool. It matches the truck. I think, I think with the right lighting on it, you can still see the, see the, um, See the aerial in the for operating, yes, but not for yes. inspection. Inspections. I still think if you took the time to walk down the ladder on a black or blue or gray or red or turquoise or teal or whatever fuchsia ladder that you want, you can get the same quality of visual inspection from an operator that you're going to get on a gray or white or natural colored aerial. Well, I'm not an NDT certified inspector, so I couldn't comment, but I have heard people say that it is much harder to detect problems on a dark area. All right, we beat that one to death. <laughs> My next one, Doug is really passionate about, and it's too bad that Dirk isn't here. Battenberg or checkerboard stripes versus traditional single color two, three stripe reflective striping on fire apparatus. So the Battenberg and checkerboard striping is very popular in the UK and in Europe on fire apparatus to make it more visible at all times under all conditions. Whereas in North America, most fire apparatus is a fairly consistent color, maybe two-tone with a smaller, less prominent one color reflective stripe or multiple reflective stripes. I think the Battenberg's a good idea since it is a public safety vehicle. It's out in the worst weather conditions and it should always be more visible. And Doug doesn't agree. This is the problem. Here we go. Fire trucks used to be red. Red. That was it. Gold leaf and red. One light on top and, and then somebody hit a fire truck. And they said, okay, let's put more lights on it, but we're going to keep it red. And then somebody hit a fire truck. And they said, okay, let's put a reflective stripe on it. And then somebody hit a fire truck. And then they said, let's put cones up. And somebody hit a fire truck. And let's put a traffic advisor on it. And somebody hit a fire truck. 
and let's put Brattenburg on it. They're still going to hit it. Like it's, they're going to get hit. And the stupid checkerboard down the side, yellow cabs have checkerboard. They still get in accidents. Like it, it looks stupid. It, it, and to me, I want to go to work and have pride in the truck that's sitting there. And if I show up to this goofy color scheme, I, I just don't love riding around on my truck. It, it, and, and I think that the... You can't see the truck when you're riding in it. No, but you see it when you're in the hall the other 10 hours of your shift. And I and when you see it on social media and you see it on days off and, and when you see it before you get hired and whatever... It's I just same. It's my fire truck, and that's what I work, and I have pride in my department. I and I just think that the the answer of like, well, it's more visible. It's it's not going to not get hit. That's that's why they painted trucks yellow to make it more all, visible. All we keep and they doing, took it away when they added reflective stripes. All we keep doing is like, well, let's do this now, and then let's do this now, and let's do this now, and the problem's it's not called progress. Solved. The problem's not being solved. You're not. I mean, if there if. The reflective stripes solved everything. Then when they f- put them on trucks, no more fire trucks would get hit. But people are stupid. They're going to hit things. And nobody avoids hitting the fire truck because, oh, there's a checkerboard on that one, but there's a well, reflective they, stripe on that one, so that's the one to hit. They might see it quickly or better when it's got the uh, uh, bold color scheme, oh, like a Battenberg, when it's not responding. When it's just driving. They have reflective stripes. They have LED lights all over the place. They have tra- traffic advisors all over the place. We we had we sent three trucks to every call to protect everybody. And you can't see the Battenberg when it stopped side, rear on anyway. It's on the sides. And, and like if if you're driving non-emergency as a normal vehicle and you get T-boned. The Brattenburg's not going to stop that from happening. If you can't see a big red or white or yellow fire truck, but you're going to see this little checkerboard and that's going to make the difference, I don't buy that. I think it's just Chiefs that, oh, I want to be different and I want to be with the times and I like the way Europe does everything, so I'm going to do it here. And it looks ridiculous. What you really need is an indication on their cell phone. Because that's what they're looking at anyway and missing the fire truck. You need an app that says, warning, there's a big (laughs) fire truck in front of you. Put your phone down and drive. All right. Battenberg's great and all, but it's not going to help you if they're not looking at the fire truck. (laughs) But I I just want to make a point here because Doug alluded to it earlier. And I'm wondering if a lot of the hate, like, don't get me wrong. I agree with Doug. I think Battenberg on North American fire trucks is just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It looks stupid on European ones, it, too. No, but at least in Europe, you know, you, you come, but my point is it comes, you expect it to see it on a European fire truck. And so when you see it on the European fire trucks, I'm looking at pictures now, you know what it, it looks natural. It's a natural look for a European fire truck. Just then like when you, you go see put a it, red. When you, what? Just like when you see a red truck, you think fire truck. That's why people don't want yellow ones, is because red, you think fire truck. Well, and you can train everybody slowly over the years that when you see a Battenberg type stripe, it's an emergency vehicle. But it's not, Paul. <laughs> when, Chevron's, when Chevron's got put on fire trucks, it was because it's a fire truck. And now every utility truck driving around has Chevron's on the back. 
Every ambulance has chevrons on the back. Every Epcor trailer has chevrons on the back. So we're but not. The fire, we're but not the fire truck colors are amber and red. But but or chevron. Not unique. It's not a. It's not a wow moment. Like like lights, flashing lights used to be like a wow. Oh, there's something going on there. And now every subway has a flashing sign. Like it. it well, that's just. That's just like the takes us into the next point I have was the color coordinated. So some departments, even though NFPA says rear chevrons, which was mandated, I don't know, 15 years ago by NFPA to have a vertical chevron on the back of all fire trucks to be NFPA compliant. And it had to be amber and red. And there's a lot of controversy over first, I don't want a chevron. Second, why could it be amber and red? That's not the color of my fire truck. I have blue and white fire trucks or red and white fire trucks or whatever. And I want the Chevron to be color coordinated with the rest of the truck. The idea was the intent, my understanding of the intent of NFPA was if we stick with one color, amber and red, then anytime you see amber and red, you're going to question that might be an emergency vehicle. But some fire departments refuse to do amber and red. They do white and red or blue and red or ambulances in Alberta, for example, are amber and blue. Um, so uh, at FDIC, I guess this year, there was a, a study that's coming out or, or a new thing coming out in NFPA uh, is that your your back of your truck's got to have two different colors and the colors can't match the rest of the truck. Right? So it sticks out more. So that's something else that's coming out. Well, I haven't that's, seen that, but it could be. Yeah, but apparently it's coming out. So okay. just look up for that. that well, that will be consistent with the amber. Must be amber and red. Yeah. Must be. So, Doug? that's something. Yeah. I, I my opinion on chevrons is my same opinion as Battenberg. Like it doesn't to me. I don't think it makes that much difference. It, it, if you're gonna hit a big fire truck, you're gonna hit the fire truck no matter what is painted or deckled on the back. But you might see it before and react and not hit it. That's the idea. Is that it helps to potentially prevent it. There's, there's how like there's a bazillion light lumens of flashing lights on the back of the truck. That what about, oh, what about Chevron is what made the difference. Well, what about the what color of lights? I was just going to bring that up. Ontario changed to blue, allowing a blue light on emergency on fire trucks now because mm -hmm. I guess they think people think that a blue light means cops and you're going to be. be pay more attention or drive more carefully. I think Saskatchewan actually just added blue lights so fire trucks are allowed now too. I mean, Saskatchewan and Ontario had blue lights on snow plows up till about 15, 20 years ago. And now they're adding them to, it was only blue. So you had a police car with blue and red, snow plow was blue, and then fire trucks were red, red and white. And now they're changing to add blue to a fire truck. So you have red and blue. And it's, there's talks of it already here in Alberta. Well, I don't think it makes a difference. It's like, but so, so what? It's a cop. Either you see a red light, two reds, or a red and a blue, you behave the same. You be careful, watch out, change, move lanes. Oh, why? Why do you think that the color of light doesn't matter, but the color of stripe does, or the color of light doesn't matter, but the color of chevron does? The reason they're putting a blue light on is so people think it's police. I don't. And they have to behave. We're the same as the chevron on the back. If it's amber and red, you think fire truck. People say that blue is more visible at night as a light. Yeah, which I don't agree with. I've done my personal <laughs> studies and I never see it. But that's but what they you say. Agree, You're right. You agree with chevron colors. Like, what's the difference? 
I think it's, uh, I don't think that the blue lens will make a big difference. But studies do say a big difference. I don't think Battenberg makes a big I think, difference. I think the Chevron should be amber and red so that people always identify amber and red with an emergency vehicle. The problem, the thing though, Paul, is like nobody had Chevrons. Then somebody had Chevrons and it was yeah. like, whoa, Chevrons. Everybody's doing it. Everybody has Chevrons and it's like, yeah. meh, Chevron, big deal. Back of something. Be careful. Okay. It's, it's, the fire service were not trendy at all. <laughs> no. But there is the interesting thing is that there's certain areas of North America that have white fire apparatus, and it seems to be just east of the Rockies, all the way from the Northwest Territories to the U.S.-Mexican border, on the east of the Rockies, Denver, Clearwater, Red Deer until recently, Whitehorse or Yellowknife, they're all a white apparatus. It's kind of an odd trend. But anyway, speaking of outside colors, what about, uh, what do you guys think of the interior compartment finishes? There's some builders, it's popular in some areas to do a really bright, like a yellow interior compartment finish to make it visible and bright in there at night. Personally, I don't like them, but what do you think? I know, I'm not consistent. Why do you like Brattenburg? Brattenburg is well, because like you're not, you're the compartment's got lights. Who cares? You contradict yourself here. Well, well that's fine. That's me. If you're not going to install interior lights on it, sure. But most of the most compartments have, really have interior. NFPA says yeah, you have to have yeah. lights. So, yeah. like, really, at the end of the day, what's what's really the point? If you want it to look, you know, flashy and cool, and that's the next big thing, and you're trying to be trendy. Sure, but I don't. At the end of the day, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Yeah, I mean, I usually just went with a kind of a non-marking whatever color, you know, white with a gray fleck or red fleck. If you think the color of the interior of your compartment is what's making the difference between somebody noticing your truck or not, no, 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 it's not for noticing. It's for when you're you can see stuff. Yeah, has nothing to do with the. The public. I thought you said earlier something. Oh, no. The truck matter. Nothing to do with the public. Well, that, you should know where shit is in your truck with your eyes closed. <laughs> well, you should. Well, maybe you got assigned to a different station this week. You should. Still or know. you should still know. You're right. Everything should be the same. And what color fire truck should be was the next one I had. Fire truck should come in any color you want as long as it's red. All right, Henry Ford II. Including the compartment door. Oh, what do you mean? Painted yes. compartment doors. Now, that's a waste of money. Doors look way better. I forgot that one on here. I, I didn't put that on the list. I forgot it. But it's 300 bucks a door or more, and it gets scratched up. Well, the not Whereas if you leave it natural. The not painted one gets scratched up, too. But you don't really see it because it's a satin finished aluminum. You don't really see I've it. I've never but the, seen a truck that has a giant scrape down the side. Oh, no, the sides get scratched from this, this uh, going much. up and down. Who cares if this much gets scratched? But it's 400 bucks the door. It still looks you just, better. You just increased the price of the truck by $3,000. I, I just increased the price of my $1.2 million truck by three grand. My truck. That is the problem. My truck that's going to last me 20 years. So I just increased it by $10 a year. 
Like, big deal. But that is the problem. That's why it costs so much to operate the but fire department. All, all these little things. If I wanted to put chevrons or Battenberg on my compartment door, you'd be all over it. It would be worth it then. Well, you have to have something. <laughs> Good discussion. What about yeah. pump panels? Where should the pump panel be on the red fire truck with Left red roll-up doors? Left side. Driver's side. Driver's side. Why? Mid-mount. Because Why? that's the way it should be. Why? No, rear mount is much better. Because you can see three sides of the fire. The left side, you can only see the fire you're on, the side you're on. And it's the street side. You're standing on the road. It'd be safer to put it on the right side. You're pumping, you close the road. Not if always so a, easy. If you're in a house fire and you're pumping because there's a fire? Well, it's a, maybe it's not a house fire. Maybe it's a car fire. So you close the road. You create a safe working environment. What if you're on the right-hand side and the fire's on the left-hand side? That's why you like the rear mount because you can see three, like, three so sides of the fire. And you can't see the car behind you. Well, you already closed the road. It doesn't see your Brattenburg and doesn't see your to 10,000 lights and they hit you, now you're dead. You close, you, you close the road. Well, what about top mount and close with the rear mount pump? So now, I, top, top mount and close, this is the problem. You're in your own little world. You're the driver of the truck. You're responsible for all the equipment on the truck. You need to know who took it, what they're going to do with it, and if they put it back. But you're in this little cocoon, and you don't know anything that's going on. But it's freaking cold and windy and yucky and hot out, or whichever. Welcome, and you're and, firefighting. But you're you're standing there. Uh, um, um, I don't know. Top mounts are popular. Red Deer, Calgary, Winnipeg. Uh, we're all using top mounts in Canada. It's popular. I, I had something to say on your rear mount there. I was trying to get in there, but you know, the anger was flowing. But no, um, the thing about the, the rear mount pump is that you're losing that that low hose bed that everybody wants everybody wants a low hose bed i don't know about you i'm i'm a six foot four tall guy i hate how tall hose beds are and i would imagine anybody that's that's shorter than me hates how tall fire truck manufacturers are making hose beds back in the day i, I look at like lacombe's engine one low hose bed fdny low hose beds and those hose beds are useful Right now, you got to climb up in most modern fire apparatuses. You got to climb up the back. You got a ladder to get to your hose bed. Well, the, now the you got a pump coming. Now you ladders pump inside coming. the tank. Ladders inside the tank of the body often affect the hose bed depth, depth height because you're losing that space to the ladder. Sure, but now you're putting a pump there too. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's my point. You you lose the hose bed space if you put the pump panel right there. That, that was my point. That, so that, that, Regina and Victoria have top mount panels, but the connections are at the back. The pumps at the back. Cochrane does too. So and Cochrane's got a Battenberg stripe. But anyway, uh, but the rear mounted rear mounted pump and the connections, but the panel is top mount inside. Top mount inside. Yeah. Are you Best still losing that world. space though? And the truck's shorter. The rear mount pump makes the truck shorter because you have no pump module. See, this guy wants a shorter truck to put the pump at the back. Then he wants to save money and order a commercial cab to make the truck longer. Like, make we up your mind here. We didn't talk about commercial cabs yet. But that's your your opinion. Well, all you do is contradict yourself. You want a shorter truck but a longer truck. You want a more visible truck but not this color light. You want, like, 
The commercial chassis is another just it's a different discussion. But is it one is we it can have? It's it could be fit right in this discussion. No, not really. Different reasons for that. Anyway, so Doug, you like a left side. I just so what what's wrong with a left side exterior pump panel? Versus right side that you might be on the curbside more often for the fire, which is an advantage, but very it's a 50-50 shot. Either way, like well, probably less. Okay, fifty-fifty. Yeah. So, but you're outside. Pump operator's cold, exposed to the elements. Pump operator could be busy doing stuff as well. In a rear right? too. Running out his pump, getting tools out. Which, if Open he's not mounted, it makes it harder because he's got to climb up and down. Yes, yeah. that is something I absolutely hate on all time out and closes. I find I'm hanging out the door more often than I'm actually right. in the cab. Yeah. yeah, I always like, did that too. I'm busy running around my truck, and now I've got to yeah. jump back into the cab. To I actually fell through. under the truck one time getting off and ended up, my feet went out from underneath me, and I ended up under the truck as a pump operator on the, on the handrail or on the running board going, oh, I guess I should get up. I'll say this. Go ahead. Everybody talks about that you're out of the, it's warmer in a in top mount and closed. And then you leave the door open so that you're part of the call too. And you're not. Right. So you can tell. Yeah. Then the lights are on. So then you can't see. And, and you don't yeah. want to spend money on your line X bumper, but now you're going to add more money to have a top mount and closed pump. Like. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what my preference is. Um, you know, they all have attributes. I, I think that years and years and years of being a chauffeur and pumping at every shift I work. But between the departments I've been on, I've had top mount and closed. I've had top mount exposed, I guess you could call it. Outside, and yeah. And I've had side mount, and I'll take the side mount every day of the week. And especially, I like that on a exterior pump panel, you're not riding backwards all day in the back of the truck. You can see where you're going. You can see the call, the building coming up to it to start your own size up. You can see where the hydrant is. You know where you are. I mean, I remember when I first came to Lacombe there and my first few calls, getting pump four, you're riding backwards. And I had no, we get there and I had no idea where I was. Right. Like, I wasn't from town, but you go to other, you go to a big city, and that could be the exact same thing. You don't know if you, right. if you're going north, south, east, west, or where, what's going on. And then they try you to, they tell you to drive the ambulance out. Yeah. You go like, where am I? Yeah. 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 All good points. I, I think the top mount. I was trying to make the point earlier. I think the top mount enclosed really just creates uh, lazy engineers because you're inside, you're staying warm. If you're not proactive, right? And getting out of your pump pack because I got to stay next to my pump panel all the time. Right. You know, and they're staying there trying to stay warm. They're not going out. They're not checking to make sure that the pre-connect tray is done. They're not going out making sure that the tools are out ready for the guys. They're not, they're not watching their truck. They're literally just staying there in their little space. Right. And the top out of clothes that I've had, I didn't think gave you that much better visibility because you're in the cab. I mean, yeah, as soon as you enclose it, it gets difficult to see. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Engine one there where you're in the you're outside. Right. You can see over the cab. But then you're outside. Yeah. So why not just put yeah. it on the side? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay. Good good discussion. What about what about aerials? Rear mount aerial versus mid mount aerial. 
the answer, the correct guys. answer to that is yes. If, if you're a city with more than one aerial device, you should have a mix of aerial devices so that you have something for every configuration. If you're a town with one fire with one ladder truck, then it gets harder. You got to pick this over that. But it it's stupid in my opinion when you're a city of 15 ladder trucks and they're all exactly the same. I, I didn't and I didn't say uh, the aerial type. I'm just saying whatever it is, straight stick or platform. Well, I know. Mid mount or rear mount. But, but mid mounts have advantages and rear mounts have advantages. You can do things with one or the other you can't do with the other one. The, the only rear, real advantage to mid mounts is one, they're lower for stations, which and could bridges be and stuff. important. If could be could be important. And bridges. A lot of guys, like, a guy like guys like them because they can have a full height cab. Yeah. Which, like, who cares? It's a fire truck, but. The other one... I care. I care. When I'm on the truck for work every day, going to get groceries and going to medical calls and going to whatever, I care. has to be a, a full height cap. It's it, a nice amenity to have, for sure. So you don't have to... Just you can stand up before you step down the steps. So is that a reason, though, to buy a mid-mounted aerial versus a top mount? No, I don't think. I think if that's your determining factor, I don't think that needs to be the determining factor. And the only on-scene operational advantage of a mid-mount, there's two, I guess. One is that you can drive in and work over the cab if it's above three stories high or you're going to. And the other is that you can easily send firefighters to the basket before you lift the ladder. That is having to walk all the way down. Walk, you know, in a rear mount, if you want to get to the cab, you walk all the way down the ladder and get in the bucket. Is there's one more advantage or Paulo add with the mid mount is that typically you're placing aerial work. In most apartments are going to show up in front of the house. If you got a rear mount, you've got one side of the house. With yeah. mid mount, you can get both sides of the house because you're literally right in front of the house. What do you mean? You pull sure, Engines pulling past. So you have room. So you have room right in front of the house. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. On a rear mount, you've got this side of the house, or at a stretch, if you're stretching your air, you may get the, the other side you of the, the house. Alpha and the delta is what you're saying. You don't got the full access like you do on a mid mount, where the mid the the platform is right in the center of the house. So you've got access to both sides. Well, you can easily put your platform at the center of the house with a rear mount. Sure. Hopefully that the engines engines left you enough room. That's, yeah. that's, that's training. That's training. That comes on to training. That's training. The engine can just as easily block you out in a mid. But you, but you can't bring you can't bring the basket to the ground except on either side. Whereas a rear mount, you can bring the basket to the ground on three sides. Yeah. A rear, a rear mount, you can bring it to the ground on the back. Nope. Ladders and trucks in the way. On a, you're saying on a mid mount? On a mid mount, you can't bring it to the ground on the rear because the truck's in the way. You can bring it like eight feet up. Yeah, I get. Uh, I thought you yeah. said on a rear mount you can't. Right. The only problem is if you have a a tough obstacle or a challenging situation, you should back in. The and the the to me the huge disadvantage of the mid mount is the increased tail swing. 
yes, I find them. Yes. Even I find them challenging to drive. But what? Once again, once again, That's the training. ascendant. The ascendant. Once again, they're making them now shorter with five flies now, so you don't have that big tail swing. Because that the is dis the disadvantage of uh, five flies is there's a lot more movement in the aerial when you're on it. Yeah. Sure. Sure, but. Once again, leading into our next more, segment. More complex, more, more complex, right? Yep. You get more cables, more articulating more pads, more sensors. Yep. So where, where do you draw the line of movement of the aerial, right? Articulating or non-articulating? Well, there's not more sections, though. Let's be honest. It should be a tiller anyways. It should be a tiller at the end of the day. be a tiller. In the bendy truck. If it's just a straight aerial, should it be a tiller? I didn't put that on here. If it's a straight aerial, should it be a tiller? That's a good question. I think. I, you I think yeah. Like, I get it. Tiller's more expensive. You can't get a platform tiller. I get all that. But when you're in a major urban city with traffic and parked cars, it makes a big difference. If you want to equip it like a true truck company with all kinds of equipment on it, the tiller gives you way more space for compartments for carrying stuff and it's way more maneuverable than a straight body ladder truck is yeah i definitely can't beat the tiller for compartmentation and although for maneuverability you can get really close one time years ago i did a head-to-head -head with a short you know metropolitan style 100 foot aerial versus a tiller and we followed each other around for it was one or two days uh and they took us everywhere they wanted to could go. And we went everywhere. We followed them everywhere. There was one place where we had to back up with the non-tiller metropolitan-style aerial. And it was a little cul-de-sac. You had to go around the, the center hub kind of thing. Uh, and we had to back up. But we could go everywhere with it. But a lot yeah, You could go everywhere but one place. So you couldn't. But one place. Yeah, we had to back up. And, and of course, the tiller does have a lot more compartments. Which is nice, and for weaving through traffic and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Some of the downsides, though, with it, right, is the increased training. Right, a lot of training. level. Like, yeah. our our guys just went to FTIC and they came back, and apparently, a tiller. Don't quote me on this, but apparently, a tiller is only a class three vehicle because it doesn't come off the well, trailer. It'd be different in every jurisdiction, what they call it. Absolutely. Oh, well, for licensing? Way. For licensing? Licensing, right? Because that's another big cost, especially now here in Canada, right, where the cost the class of one, class one right? yeah, is yeah. extremely expensive, right? So class one training, then you got to teach somebody how to drive the back. So that's, that's some of the downsides. Well, of, it's you know. not really because you're teaching someone how to operate whatever truck you have. But if the fire department has to spend extra money to get a class one, for all your yes, operators, but, sure, that, that would cost a lot of money. That, yeah, the licensing, sure, but the right, the right. training the guy to drive the back of the tiller, right. you got to train the guy to drive whatever truck you buy. Yeah, I, I tried. I put a motion through the chiefs association a few years ago here saying that fire trucks should be a not non classified vehicle, so they shouldn't have to follow because so many fire trucks are overweight for provincial or state road laws anyway. Uh, that really the liability is open for the municipality there. If there was an accident, even though the truck's not overweight for the truck, it's overweight for the road law, for the width of tire and pounds on the road. Uh, technically, a smart lawyer could jump on that if there's an accident or something. Uh, so I, I, I put a motion through, but I never heard what happened with it. But, you know, that's another issue to, that would deal with the drivers as well. 
we should probably wrap this up. We've been 40 some minutes. So it's been a great discussion with everybody and, and some good lively talk about this. Anything, anything to add? Doug? Well, I mean, there's only two more things on our list. Oh, well, I just was spitballing on the list. We can cover them if you want. Uh, straight platforms versus articulating platforms. I, to me, I mean, a platform, ver- a straight stick platform versus articulating, as much as it pains me to say it, if you're only buying one ladder truck, then the articulating will be, will be able to do more than the other one will. If you're buying multiple, if you are a big city, I don't think okay. every single truck should be a straight platform. And I don't think right. every single truck should be an articulating platform. I do. Right. Th- I think you need a mix. I do think zero of them should be 250 feet, though. I don't. I don't. I, I, disagree. I, I disagree with you there. I think that it's good for large metropolitan centers to have a extreme high reach device in their fleet. I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, people around the world have been doing it for years. It hasn't been happening. In, although, I mean, 150 feet was sort of the extreme high reach in North America. Uh, lots of cities had 150 feet. Uh, and that kind of went away with the uh, with the Calavar Firebirds and the Brontos uh, for about 10, 15 years. Now we're starting to see it maybe come back. And I don't think that's a bad thing, especially with the variety of fires we're having in high places and rescues. I mean, look at the, the rooftop gardens catching fire in Las Vegas or in New York, uh, you know, all these kind of weird things that, you know, you need that accessibility I still to, to reach some of those places. I still maintain, and I talked to a guy from Toronto who just bought it, who you did your big tailboard talk on, in a major urban center that you say needs these trucks, it's going to be next to impossible to have the footprint to set them up. I don't. I disagree. It's like 24 feet. So any roadway in downtown, you name the city, is that wide. Uh, so really, it's not a problem. There's medians, and there's parked cars, and there's the whole first alarm assignment that got there first, and there. And you can and you can short jacket, so you go out one side. It only operates on one side. I mean, Calgary had the same footprint for how many years with their Calavar and their 167 foot Bronto. It was 20 feet, so it's four more feet maybe. Uh, Uh, The big problem I think that there is with the articulating platforms is they seem to be more maintenance prone than... uh, And training. Training is important. Training... They're more sophisticated, so they're going to have more maintenance. Right? So... Yeah, they're going to be more maintenance, and they're more sophisticated. It's a more sophisticated machine, right? Uh, Your new car today is... Less maintenance, but it's harder to fix because you have to have the technicians that know how to do it. It's got more systems in it. And the quality of fire trucks is never going to meet the quality of production vehicles on the road because the numbers are so small. But, uh, yeah. And this is and this is where, like, where Doug was saying earlier, like, if you're a single department or you're a smaller department and, you know, you have one ladder truck, that's the truck to get. Yes, great. I get where you're coming from from functionality. But you got to look at that department's uh, financial status as well. It's buying a ladder truck, a singular ladder truck. Odds are it's buying this to kind of encompass many jobs because it can't afford to buy two or three ladder trucks. But then look at the maintenance costs on these trucks, right? You're seeing it more and more often. You're seeing a trend where these trucks used to get, you know, 
sell like hot pockets and now they're like, oh that was kind of a mistake and now these guys are going back to platforms or or even now the king cobra where it's a platform truck first and they're going back to it because this is overcomplicated and it didn't work the way we wanted it to we're spending so much money on maintenance costs on these you're gonna you're gonna spend similar money on any platform you buy are you, are you spending more money on a, on a straight stick absolutely yeah Absolutely. I, not I, as in the same area. Maybe not quite as much, but you're going to still spend a lot of money on maintenance. It's a big truck. It's heavy. It's complex. Uh, your any platform aerial today, except for one or two brands, are extremely electronics dependent. And you're going to get the same issues with sensors and all that kind of stuff and operator training. There's only one brand out there who builds an aerial who isn't. Uh, extremely electronic dependent in the operating system um, and you know but you don't have those whizzy features that people want so anyway it's a good discussion about all that stuff uh, I think we should wrap it there guys okay thanks for listening everybody uh, we appreciate your listening hopefully you find these valuable give us some feedback you like them you don't like them give us some stars likes and you can follow us on our social media feeds thank you very much sounds good see you guys <laughs>